A great vastness of vision flows from the Buddha's enlightenment. It's a vision of beings wandering over countless lifetimes through 31 planes of existence. Immeasurable world systems, these vast immensities of time. And at the heart of this vast cosmology of life and death and rebirth, at the heart of it lies the possibility of awakening. Not so many of us have traveled through these other realms. But there's another way also of understanding the vastness of the Dharma, the vastness of this journey, and that is the journey into understanding the nature of consciousness itself, understanding the nature of our minds, of how the mind creates suffering over and over again. And how it's possible within this very same mind to experience freedom. There are many different Buddhist traditions and there are many methods, many metaphysical systems. But they all converge in one understanding of what liberates the mind, the heart. And the Buddha expressed it in many different places very simply. When he's speaking and referring to himself he refers to himself as the Tathagata. That's a Pali word. and has a rather strange translation, one thus gone. <laughs> anyway, that's how the Buddha refers to himself. And in many places, he said, the supreme state of sublime peace has been discovered by the Tathagata namely liberation through non-clinging. He said, this is the deathless, namely liberation through non-clinging. Centuries later, in India, one of the great Buddhist adepts, Tilopa, was instructing his disciple, Naropa, who later became master of Marpa and Milarepa and whole tradition in Tibetan Buddhism, Tilopa said to Naropa, you are not fettered, you are not bound by appearances, you are not bound by experience, you are bound by attachment, so cut your attachment. It's the same message. Non-clinging is not some state to imagine. You know, in the far-off future we come and we practice for this retreat or we think we need to practice for 20 years, 30 years, and maybe we'll touch non-clinging. The practice of non-clinging is our practice right now. That's what we're practicing in each moment. Now, in all the techniques, all the methods, all the teachings in all the traditions, are really pointing to this one very simple principle. The mind of no craving, the mind of no clinging, the mind of no attachment.
As you have seen, our experience, our practice keeps changing. Sometimes it's pleasant, sometimes it's unpleasant. But the practice of liberation is the same. It's letting go of grasping. We're not practicing in order to have a better experience. If you let that one sentence into your minds, you will save yourself lifetimes of suffering. Just that one simple thing. We are not practicing in order to have some better experience. No matter how wonderful different experiences might be. We're practicing what the Buddha called the heart's release. It's the understanding that freedom is not in some fantastic new experience, that freedom is in the non-grasping mind. So how can we accomplish this? How can we realize this for ourselves? One way that helps us realize this mind of non-grasping is through the direct, immediate experience of impermanence. When we pay attention, we can see impermanence on every level of experience. If you think of just the most macrocosmic things, you know, the birth and death of galaxies, the birth and death of stars, down to the smallest, the energy movements of subatomic particles. It's all a process of change and everything in between. We see it so clearly in every aspect of our own lives. We see it in nature, the change of seasons, the change of weather. There's this New England proverb, if you don't like the weather, wait 15 minutes. As we have seen. <laughs> we see it in the changing nature of our relationships, all the, all the changes in our work situations, the changes in our lives. You know, sometimes if you've gone for a walk either out in the woods or around the loop, it's interesting to observe that As you pay attention to your experience, moment after moment, by the time you get to the end of the walk, what has happened to the experience at the beginning of the walk? It's completely gone. All our experience is flowing. It's like water over a waterfall. In meditation, certain stages of insight we get to such a refined perception of this flow of change. It's a particular stage of insight called the stage of arising and passing away, where the mind is so finely tuned, attuned, to the experience of change, we're seeing the momentariness of this whole mind-body process. Moment after moment, things things are moving so rapidly. But there's a very strange aspect of our delusion. And that is, when we look at our past experience, when we look back at experience, 
we see that it's all disappeared. All of our past experience is really quite dreamlike from the perspective of the moment. Whether it's from years ago just to the last moment. I mean, think on the retreat, just think for a moment of your your best, your best experience. You know, maybe you had two breaths in a row and <laughs> you know, and the mind really kind of focused in and maybe you felt light and and just think of your worst experience. You know, where the mind was just screaming and you just hated it and where are they now? You know, when we look back at our past experience, we see the empty, ephemeral nature of it all. But our delusion is such that even though we know this in looking back, when we look ahead at what's coming, somehow, I don't know, we live in this enchantment. or We're dazzled by all the possibilities thinking that some new experience is going to bring us fulfillment and happiness and completion. But we know from our own experience, this is not theoretical, we know when we look back at our experience that nothing really has done it, or you wouldn't be here. (laughs) So we know it deeply. It's not not like a bit of philosophy. We do know it, but we forget. As soon as we look ahead, we forget what we know when we look back. Very strange. It's through our direct, very immediate, intimate experience and reflection on the truth of change when we're really paying attention. You know, it's become so ordinary in our lives, the truth of it is so ordinary, that we have stopped paying attention to it. But when we do, when we really enter into that awareness, we bring that wisdom mind to bear on how things are happening, we see that all of our experience is just part of an endlessly passing show. You know, it's like the current in a river that just keeps flowing. When we see this in the moment clearly, then the mind releases from that grip of attachment, of clinging. We settle back and become the flow, rather than trying to hold on, rather than that quality of fixation in the mind. I call it Velcro mind. You know, where situations just arise, it's like the mind sticks, tries to hold on. The Buddha expressed the power of this insight in one very startling statement. And when we think of the implications of what he said, it is really a wake-up call. He said that it's better to live a single day seeing the momentariness of phenomena, the momentary rising and passing away of experience, than to live a hundred years without seeing it. Well, what is that statement saying about what we value in life and where we put our energy. Saying it's better to live a single day with that penetrating insight into the truth of impermanence on this moment-to-moment level than a hundred years doing whatever it is that we do and value 
that had been living a hundred years without seeing it. Why? Because it's precisely through that understanding of how things are happening becomes the seed of freedom. It becomes the seed of non-clinging, non-grasping. Liberation through non-clinging. So what's so ordinary in our lives, this truth of change, becomes the vehicle for our awakening. So in practice, as we're here doing intensive meditation practice, we can apply this in a very simple way. As you're sitting or walking or moving through the day, don't simply be mindful of what it is that's arising or how you're relating to it, but also give attention, pay attention to what happens to each moment's experience. What happens to the sound? What happens to the thought? What happens to the sensation? So we're really observing in the moment. We're seeing that whatever arises in one way or another is changing. But we're seeing it for ourselves. It's not just an easy statement of philosophy. We're really seeing that flow of change. And then, in that moment, notice the quality of your mind. In the moment of seeing change, of watching this flow of phenomena, really notice the quality of your mind. And I think you'll see in that moment that, in fact, the mind is not grasping, is not clinging. Any sense object at any of the sense doors, whether it's sight or sound or smell or taste or touch, sensations, thoughts, emotions, images, any object at any sense door is revealing this truth of change. So we don't need to look very far. It is happening all the time in every moment. Can we practice seeing it? Even within one breath, you know, or one movement in a step, the breath is not a single thing. The breath itself is made up of many minute sensations. And so the more closely we look, this, the great refinement of our perception of change, what seems so solid, both ourselves and the world, suddenly begins to be seen as an energy flow. It's a very different way of understanding. The Buddha gave some very explicit advice for people who were interested in liberation, in freedom. And the beauty of his teachings is they're always so direct and so to the point. It has to do with how we relate to that part of our experience which most conditions grasping and aversion. And that is the quality.